On this episode, we watched Mother's Day. I forgot it's Mother's Day weekend. I gotta go get a card. <laughs> uh, guys, he really just left. Uh, I guess we can quit doing the podcast forever then. Yay. <laughs> I got a card, guys. <laughs> I'm back. That was a real commitment to Foley work. <laughs> so what you have to do is you have to edit that sh- that last part Elliot did out and put it at the very end of the episode. <laughs> and I'll just be quiet the whole episode. Yeah. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington. Hi, Elliot Kalen over here. And I'm new. Okay. Hey, 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 new. What is your new? Do you have another name we can call you? Are you like a character from a cyberpunk movie? <laughs> uh, I'm Paul Saborin, and I'm here to audition for the role of Elliot Kalen. Oh, excellent. Uh, Paul, it's great to have you here. Uh, big fan. Uh, guys, uh, Stu Dan, can I talk to you in the other room for a moment? Walk, sure. walk, 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 closed door. Uh, could you audition people when I'm not here? No, uh, no, we great. timing did not work out, so I'm sorry. This is a scheduling issue. The yeah. thing is, it's much easier to do the body hair comparison when you're here. <laughs> knock, 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 guys. Should I stick around? Uh, we'll be out right in a second. <laughs> okay. Don't tell him what we're doing in here. Uh, we're just masturbating. I mean, I guess we I could use this it. Teddy Ruxpin to be you for the body hair thing. <laughs> so I guess <laughs> you could leave, and is, for the talking thing, because he can talk. He's a bear that talks. I, we all know Teddy Ruxpin's an amazing bear. That that can talk, but your favorite cassette tapes in him, he moves his mouth. Look, is the body hair thing that necessary? Can listeners hear my body hair? <laughs> There's so much rustling that I edit out of every episode, Elliot. Knock, really? Knock, knock. Who should I hand my headshots to? We <laughs> uh, give it to the girl at the door. Okay. Dan, that's a cat. That's not a girl. <laughs> oh, who have I been sleeping with? <laughs> uh oh. Let's get out of this room and get back to the podcast. This girl is very friendly. Okay, step, step, step. Door open. Hi, guys. Hey, everyone. Hey, Paul. Paul. Yeah, sorry. We're kind of unprofessional. We don't do a lot of these interviews, but I guess uh, we might as well. So let's start with a shit sandwich. What's your biggest weakness? Hold on a second. I thought that you were supposed to do the shit sandwich. Ask him his five-year plan. Where does he see himself in five years? Yeah, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, Well, my problem is that I give too much, I think. I care too much. Sure, that's pretty good. So I will probably be caring too much. Okay, Okay. that's a good answer. It's a bad weakness, but it's a good strength. The wrong (laughs) answer, though, because you were supposed to say, my five-year plan is to increase grain and steel production beyond (laughs) that of the Western nations. Okay. Uh, that, that answer, then. That's a five-year plan joke, guys. Hello, is this thing on? Anyway, so I was at the grocery store the other day, and you'll never believe what I saw on the aisles. <laughs> oh, he's doing his tight five. His tight five-year plan. <laughs> uh, little red book chunk? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's my, my little red book is more of like a Snigglets-type book than, than Mal's little red book. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, everyone. It's Paul from Paul and Storm. Hi. Hey, hey for having me. What's, oh, I'm a ball of fun right now, aren't I? Yeah. Glad you have me on the show. <laughs> wow, this is an interesting new character you're doing, Paul. Like an Eeyore type? 
I guess we need two of those. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this is this an audition to replace me? So anyway, over the course of I figured that over the course of the podcast I will try out each of your personas oh, to see wow. which I like. Uh, be fucking careful with mine. It's addictive. <laughs> You'll start being at him outside of the show. Yeah, it'll be very hard to shake off. It'll be like the film <sighs> Double Life. The Double Life of Veronique? Nope, that's a different movie. All right. The Double? Nope, a different movie. Life? Nope, also a different movie. Double team? Nope, different movie. Double take. Different movie. Take five, the candy bar. That's a candy bar? (laughs) Double bubble, I was expecting you to say. Also not a movie. Take five, the song by uh, Dave Brubeck. A song and very different. Take me out to the ball game. Also a song, different song. <laughs> so, Paul, what do we do on this here podcast? On this podcast, we watch a bad movie. and Well, you watch a bad movie usually, and then you talk about it. I yep. cut you. You were taking everything from me. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I have this one thing. Can't I have my one thing? No, but seriously, folks, we're excited that Paul is here. He heard that we were doing the movie Mother's Day, and he said, I gotta be there for that one. Hey, guys, not to peel back the skin too much on this pizza. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? Is we're that a thing? Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, we're all like a pizza, right? When you peel the skin back, we're red well, underneath. It's more the idea that pizza has a skin that's bothering that That's weird, what the like, cheese Clyde, is. It's like a Clyde Barker pizza that I've... I guess the skin... I the mean, cheese. aren't all pizzas Clyde Barker pizzas <laughs> when Clyde Barker's one. eating them? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine a better pizza. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that campaign's great. Uh, but so for our I listeners at home, for a, new, for a new book of blood, it's called "Avoid the Noid." <laughs> the, the Noid so, is one of the old beings, <laughs> <laughs> and there's anal sex involved somehow. I'm Clive Barker. There's uh, such a thin line between pain and pizza. <laughs> I think I'll take a centibite out of this slice. <laughs> That's great for your uh, cinnamon pizza, because he said cinnamon. Oh, don't worry. I got, a, I got an idea for a new character, Pepperoni Head. So as I was saying, all right, for our listeners at home, this is one of those thirsty Thursdays. I mean, for us, it's not for you. <laughs> You're definitely not listening to this on a Thursday until it, unless it's a week after we recorded it. Well, I hope we you wait. You saved it up for a Thursday. So it's Thirsty Thursday, and I hope y'all are thirsty for some mother's milk. Ew. <laughs> Gross. Because <laughs> we watched the movie Mother's Day. No, I understand the reference. <laughs> but that's... What's so gross about it? It's natural. That's Dan, what babies drink. Dan, the, the, demo, the demo research we got back from Cambridge Analytica, who we talked to about this, mm-hmm. was that... A bunch uh, of adult babies listen to the show? Yes, there is a very... The Venn diagram between mm-hmm. Flophouse listeners and lactation fetishists is almost just a circle. <laughs> There's very little non-overlap. And that little bit of non-overlap is my parents and Stuart's parents. Dan, your parents, I guess, fall into that oh, adult, no. adult lactation fetishist no, circle. Oh, no. Which is fine. You know, I mean, it's great. It's you totally know, healthy. My yeah, parents whatever you like. actually listen to this podcast, so please don't <laughs> cast aspersions on them. And my, mine do not. No, I know. We could have safely accused your parents of any fetish on the fetish rainbow. Yep, very much so. I think my dad thinks that I do an oldies call-in request show on like a local New Jersey radio station. My, fa- my father-in-law still thinks it's a TV show you can watch on YouTube. <laughs> uh, so we watched the movie Mother's Day, which mm, is, Mother's as Day. the name probably tells you, either a horror movie mm-hmm. or a Gary Marshall holiday multi-story omnibus mashup star-studded semi-anthological anthropological look 
at how we celebrate holidays as a family in the 21st century. Why choose? It's from the Marshallverse. No. Yeah, it's, it's part not of the, the horror thing. It's part of the uh, MCU, the Marshall Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Are then, we in phase three of that yet? I hope we're in, well, I mean, really we're in phase end because Gary Marshall has sadly passed. There are, uh, there are other Marshalls. But what a legacy yeah, has, he has store. left behind. Yeah. <laughs> Neil Marshall's going to take over the Marshallverse? It's going to change that would be very great. much. <laughs> starring Marshall Mathers. <laughs> you think Gary Marshall, Penny Marshall, and Neil Marshall's movies all exist in one shared universe? <laughs> so like a league of their own, pretty woman and what like Centurion <laughs> are all in the same are the same world I think all three of us listed different Neil Marshall <laughs> yeah. movies and it was so much harder for me to think of a another Gary Marshall movie <laughs> that wasn't a holiday uh, uh, but anyway so Mother's Day should we just start with the old-fashioned character rundown yeah as you may know if you how listen- much time you got <laughs> not <laughs> enough uh, as you may know from previous Gary Marshall episodes, like uh, what do we do? Valentine's, we did Valentine's Day? Day. Did we do any other ones? We, we, that, yeah. That's it. We didn't do New Year's Eve. We didn't do New Year's Eve. We didn't. So do we don't know what kind of magic happens on New Year's Eve. Probably a lot of kissing. Probably a ghost kissing shows up, and a hugging, <laughs> and a smooching, <laughs> mm-hmm. and a squishing. And I think smoochy boochin because I think Jason Mewes was in it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> or is that Snoochie Booches? Snoochie Bo- what the Snoo- hell was his <laughs> shitty catchphrase <laughs> that all my friends were saying when we were 15 years old? Uh, and we something s- about nugs, I bet. <laughs> he seems like a fellow who has something. very strong opinions on <laughs> yes. nugs. About their relative dankness or dankosity. Uh, so let's start with the characters. As you know, he does these rich kind of throw everything into the stew movies. Mm-hmm. Not used to. I mean like a, like a hearty broth beef stew. Or perhaps mm-hmm. like a I mean, big stew old... is kind of a hearty broth beef stew. Yeah, yeah sometimes I'm a beef Wellington. You never know with me. <laughs> you never know. Uh, let's start. Let's run down the storylines. There's like three major storylines and some minor ones. Number one, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston or Janiston, which is her couple name because she's alone right now. Janiston <laughs> is a mom who is divorced from actually, Timothy Oliphant. Actually married right now. Oh, who's Justin, she married to? Justin Thoreau. Oh, Jero. Well, that her, yeah, Jero. Then her yeah, couple she's name, Al Jero now. Her couple yes. name is then Thaniston, which I do not like. Thanos. Her down. <laughs> or Theraniston. Yeah, Thanos. That's a great one. Okay, great. Okay, so she's the Mad Titan, and she loves death. And so she's going to kill half the universe to appease her dark mistress. Uh-oh. Looks like the combined might of Adam Warlock and Silver Surfer, everyone's favorite cosmic heroes, <laughs> is about to stop her. Anyway, Jennifer Aniston is divorced from Timothy Oliphant of TV's Justified. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful man. He's super handsome. Oh, man, what a tall drink of something. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess something delicious. <laughs> like the, the purple stuff. Yeah, like a slow gin fizz. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, like a slow gin fizz. Mm, you, don't, you wish it was slower because you just want to savor every sip mm-hmm. of Oliphant. Just drizzle it all over your pizza pie. And so Oliphant is wearing his trademark Olipants, available at retailers nationwide. You've been the, workshopping that fucking joke all night. <laughs> it's the only pant that has Timothy Oliphant's guarantee that when you wear it, you'll be wearing a pair of pants he wore and pooped in. <laughs> They're the Oliphants. He pooped in the pants, yes. or he was wearing the pants. It's artisanal. Then, no, no, he just like held them over his butt while he pooped. Okay, good. He just said poop, poop, poop. Oh, good. How is that better, Dan? <laughs> I don't want him to poop in, like literally poop in the pants. No, but he does. He holds them open. Oh no! Like you would poop in a can okay. or a jar <laughs> or like a like a CVS bag because <laughs> you know, he's on the subway at the time and yeah. it's stalled between stations on the track. I gotta talk to. <laughs> 
Timothy. I think these Timothy Ola pants may be a bad uh, venture on his I part. I mean, it's a better venture than his last one. Timothy Olafant's elephant pants, which were <laughs> pants for elephants with his signature on the side. Which is also his signature, of course, being his, his poop. <laughs> for the folks at home, uh, speaking as a fan of the show, sitting right here and watching these tangents take place is, if anything, even more fascinating than listening to them. <laughs> oh, sure. It's, yeah, a lot of it's Dan checking his phone, double-checking how to spell Oliphant. A look of horror on their faces as I talk about Timothy Oliphant pooping. Anyway, she's divorced from Timothy Oliphant. They have two kids together. And then a house full of their kids' friends who get to see Jennifer Aniston walking around in a towel for that some That had to have been a dress, right? No, I, it, no was it, was one of, it was one of those towels that has, like, some... Uh, uh, Why are you tapping your chest? Are you dying? <laughs> because that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having an episode. No, it has a, like a Velcro latch thingy so you can wear it around the house in front of your kids and kids' friends. Okay, so she's just trying to instill some kind of deep-seated mom fetishism in these youngsters. Exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Because she's worried they won't grow up with the kind of natural mom fetishism all Americans have. Yeah. Okay. Like you, Dan. Let's talk about it. Uh, sure. So American Pie, the Dan story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's that screenplay go? <laughs> it's called American Pie. I'm still in the, the research phase. phase. Still trying to figure sure. out what, Still what trying food. to lose it? Yeah. <laughs> what food are you going to fuck in this movie? Uh? It'd be oh. weird if it was an American Pie movie and there was some other kind of food on the chopping block. <laughs> it's called American Pie colon UK how, UK trip semester in London <laughs> and it's a meat pie that he has yeah, sex with this time some steak and kid, kidney pud yeah like a shepherd's <laughs> pie yeah <laughs> said that way grosser than anything I've said tonight <laughs> yeah. so Jennifer Aniston she's an interior designer her husband ex husband tells her she thinks she her ex husband wants to get back together what with does her. that fellow do for a living Timothy Oliphant yeah. something very expensive. Has, he has a lot of money he's he has, a male prostitute <laughs> yeah. I mean I guess that makes sense he's worth it. Mm-hmm. He charges upwards of $100 a night. real dream of a man. Maybe. I mean, I guess that sounds... <laughs> Maybe he's playing Timothy Oliphant, and that's just... He's living off of his oh, justified... Oh, okay. Now, the whole movie takes place in Atlanta, Georgia, which we are told no less than a thousand times throughout the, the length of the movie. Does anyone have a Georgia accent in this? No, they do not. They are all very clearly transplants to Atlanta from outside of the country. Because what this movie is really about is, one, the gentrification and kind of hip, trendy real estate ability... Of Atlanta, Georgia, or yeah. Hot Atlanta, as it's also sometimes called. Uh, now, continuing, she thinks her ex-husband's going to tell her, "Hey, I want to get back together." No, he tells her, "I got married." Are there any other Atlanta signifiers? Like, do you see, you see, like anybody wrap their lips around a big mm-hmm. glass of sweet tea? No, paperboy rapping. Yeah, <laughs> paperboy from the TV show Atlanta. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are there any real housewives wandering about this movie? I mean, uh, kind of. Yeah. I mean, everyone who appears in the movie seems to be a friend of Gary Marshall's who gets to look at the camera and say a line or like hurry past the camera giggling at some point. Every, this, so much of this movie is like an Archie comic where in the first panel there'd always be a close up. Someone would be in the front foreground laughing at the joke that was being said in the background. Just like a pretty girl would be smiling in the foreground l- looking back at Archie and Jughead is like, those two jokers, and you'd be like, who's this character? Why is she so prominently placed? Like, Dan DiCarlo, explain this to me. There's a lot of establishing shots of extras that linger for like a second or two too long. Yeah, and ADR that's thrown in there where you're like, some one of these girls has a crush on Tim Tebow. Why do I have to know that? <laughs> that was yeah. That was a bit of no, ADR. It was, uh, what's his face? The other football player. I don't uh, care. Tom, uh, Tom, Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. At one point, some teenage girls are walking by, and you just hear from ADR. 
Tom Brady's so hot, and that's it. Like, is he an Atlanta player? Like, what? I don't even know what team he's on. Like, the Denver, is that because, the Denver Cheese Boys? Is that because later on, when a soccer ball is kicked and it lands on the ground, it looks partially deflated? Maybe because of this whole deflate gate uh, shenanigans uh, I've heard about and didn't pay attention to? <laughs> that joke lands about as well as 98% of the punchlines in this movie. <laughs> sure, thank you. Now, uh, let me, yes, Dan, and no, then I'm let me get back that, on track with the plot. I want to talk about it real fast. So no, we're about how stupid the movie is. I'm just saying that the reveal of Timothy Oliphant having remarried is the most obvious thing. Like, we all saw it coming down the pike from the moment that he said, I have something to talk to you about. Oh, there was no... It was, there was no plot point in this movie that is not predictable. From the from the moment that Paul, what, 20 minutes into the movie, said, oh, that character is secretly that character's daughter, yeah. which was did not pay off until an hour later into the film. It was like, I was impressed by that. But also, everything else was super obvious it was like mm-hmm. i was shocked as soon as it, like i was i thought we were gonna have to up our game to keep pace with this shit that apparently we invited a swami into dan's home <laughs> fair, i was standing next to the telegraph operator with her telegraphing <laughs> that incredibly obvious plot point <laughs> so <laughs> julia roberts uh so jennifer aniston she's crushed to find out that timothy oliphant has actually married his girlfriend a much younger woman uh, because Jennifer Named Aniston, Totino or something. Yeah, her, no, her name is Tina. She keeps saying Totina, Totina, and to them, stop saying Totina. It sounds for all the world like a plug for Totina's pizza rolls that they couldn't quite pull off, so they aborted it part of the way through. You just heard Gary Marshall was just in little earbuds in their ear going, pull up, pull up. <laughs> Forget the Totino's plug. I'll just give the money back to him. I'm not a McElroy. I can't figure out how to make it work. Uh, then uh, that's one storyline. So she's dealing with her kids are now with her, their dad and her and their stepmom, and she has to deal with what's going on in my life right now. I understand there's too many surprises going on. My kids are spending too much time over at my husband's glass house. I want to throw a rock through it, like on that one Billy Joel album cover. Uh huh. Or that movie with Lily Sobieski in it. Oh yeah, was that called Glass House? Glass House, yeah. Yeah. Uh, storyline numero dos. Mm-hmm. Jason Sudeikis. What was married to Jennifer Garner? But you she, said was. Uh, that's because, unfortunately, she was killed while serving with our armed forces. She's a Marine. She loves karaoke. She's dead now. That's her entire character. Rest in peace, hua. There's a, <laughs> <laughs> there's a moment where, it's Semper Fi, karaoke. There's a moment where he is watching a video of her performing karaoke, and their da- she has, he has two daughters, <laughs> and the daughter walks in and goes, Mom loved karaoke. <laughs> As if the audience was so dumb that we couldn't get that. The one moment we're Why seeing of this woman. Why is she singing into a microphone? <laughs> was he, was she a professional singer on a USO and tour? they're like, oh, he's watching a video of his dead wife and not a stranger doing karaoke. <laughs> I thought she was just watching a Jennifer Garner movie. <laughs> I thought Jennifer Garner was 13 like, going on 30? <laughs> is this an episode of Alias that's shot in higher definition than the other episodes of Alias? Was James Garner on the James, James Corden? James Garner. James was, Garner. Was Jennifer Garner on the James, James Corden show doing was, carpool karaoke? Was James Garner Jennifer Garner's dead? <laughs> was James Garner Jennifer Garner the whole time? <laughs> now I really want to see 
like James Garner on an episode of Lip Sync Battle. I mean, <laughs> we never he won't, can. He passed away, but <laughs> it'll never happen. Well, that's why I want it to happen. I want him to be alive. Can yeah. I mourn my own way? <laughs> Speaking of mourning, Every, Jason Sudeikis is in mourning. Jason Sudeikis is mourning and grieving for his wife. The he runs He's a gym in the morning. This one group of three women who really want who, who hang out at the gym really the gym want he to, owns. Yeah, the gym he owns and is the only employee of, and which he alternates between Was wearing... Is his name Jim? He, uh, I have to According explain. to Jim. He was named after it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> According to Jim, his name is Jim. <laughs> Let me look up in the gym shenary. Mm. Uh... He they he has these three women who are always trying to set him up, but he's you know he's not quite ready yet. His wife only passed away. They're kind of like the three time fates ago. for him, right? Three years, I think. Oh yes, yes. There's, there's, I think. Oh okay. Well, I'll say yes. You're no, right. No, I think weren't they saying this is the first Mother's Day without mom? Oh okay. Well then that's that's well that's pretty early for him to be thinking about moving on. Actually, well, but he's should, not. They want him to. Yeah. That, no, I'm saying that that's they shouldn't be pushing him that much. I, I'm arguing with the movie at this point. <laughs> yes. I'm like, come on, movie. Because the movie very One much year believes, after a tragic death? Well, it's like the movie is kind of like uh, one, like a, one of those old farce plays where a lot of crazy things can happen, but at the end all the characters have to be paired up into marriage bonds right. so that society can reassert its its sense of order. Gary Marshall is like, no, 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 young man of breeding age. Even though you're on the older end of the scale and your wife has sadly perished, you must pair bond with an attractive female so that you can continue to live the way God intended. It's a killer Gary Marshall impersonation. It's me, Gary Marshall. I thought thought Paul F. Tompkins was sitting in the room for a moment. (laughs) I don't like these references to other things. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's it's like like that that movie Witching and Bitching I recommended a while ago, the Alex de la Iglesia movie, where like – for whatever reason, even the bad guys and the good guys are all at the one character's kids play at the end. <laughs> like they're all just like hanging out in the audience, enjoying themselves. Like, it doesn't matter. It was fun. Don't worry about it. Now, there are two other storylines, but they are actually kind of one and the same. Uh, Julia Roberts is a successful author turned jewelry pitchman on the Home Shopping Network. Or on a Home Shopping Network. It says HSN right there in the corner. Does it? Yeah. Uh, but it could be like uh, her shopping network. Yes. Like maybe it's a different one. Mm-hmm. And uh, she spends most of the movie pitching jewelry. But that's somehow related, mystery I think, uh, to there's a bar called Shorty's. There's a waitress at it who's – Well, who's, why is it called Shorty's, Elliot? It is owned by a dwarf, Dan. That's why it's called Shorty's. <laughs> somehow more offensive than the Shorty's Skateboard Company t-shirts that had a baby climbing out of a woman's vagina on them. <laughs> I mean, that's where they come from. With, my my uh, mine, This kid in my high school C-section. had one of those shirts, and I was so <laughs> jealous of this weird, super gross <laughs> shirt. Like, all I have is this enormous Johnson shirt. <laughs> You're like, I want to masturbate to that shirt. Yeah. yeah want, there's nothing sexy than a saying. baby crawling out of a woman's vagina. That was Dan. a really good impression of me, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, do another Stuart impression. Uh, it's me, Stuart. I love beer. Are there two oh, wow. Stuarts here now? All oh, of a wow. What the Christ is going on? Which one's, on this a real, which one's a real Stuart? Who do I shoot? Uh, listen. <laughs> I'm listening to a mirror. <laughs> it's like an audio mirror. Dan, do another one. Do an that impression. was a clue for you to shoot him because oh, oh. that's something only Stuart would say. Dan, oh, do an impression of me now. Hey, I'm Elliot. Elliot Kalen. You got me. Of that, the flop house. <laughs> that's the kind of thing I would say. Now do Paul. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, wow. That's just like how I feel. <laughs> old old, old okay. country boy Paul. Now, Dan, do, uh, do uh, Johnny Carson. 
Oh, some <laughs> weird, wild stuff. <laughs> okay, now do Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Have some diabetes, kids. <laughs> now, do, now do the entire movie Mac and Me. All right. So we open on a house. <laughs> okay, let's go back to Mother's Day, shall we? Hilarious bit, Dan the Impressionist. Continue. Anyway, uh, so... Shorty's is the home of a waitress and a bartender who are in love. They have mm-hmm. a child together. A young Part of an Katie. enormous staff. It's the, for the number of, I mean, the one time we see Shorty's full is when it is morning, like a week before Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And it is packed. <laughs> yeah. It yeah is like, being it, in the biz, I know the week before Mother's Day, <laughs> it's a real crush at the bar. It's like a movie strip club. Like when you, you see a strip club in a movie where it's like, Everyone's at the strip club at 10 a.m. for some reason. Yeah, and you want to invest in that business. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This this bar is like, yeah, I don't know whether it's like we're taking our mothers out for a drink. It's like, I don't know what else to do with my mom. She's visiting me. Uh, Let's take her down to the local dwarf-owned establishment. That'll 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 make it a little easier to take her criticism. The place where margaritas in. Where at least one of the waitresses has a child, and another waitress is working while pregnant. Mm-hmm. She Very is literally pregnant. working. She to be about twelve months pregnant. Yeah, I yeah. think she, she is working till the moment her water breaks. She does in the movie. Yeah, she's working for two, and they uh, are they have a child together. But the waitress doesn't want to get married. The bartender keeps popping the question, and she keeps saying no because she's afraid of. The marriage not going well. Did I mention? Because he has an English accent. Yes, and he's English, and he's also an up-and-coming stand-up comic. Oh, get ready for laughs. He appears regularly at John Lovitz's comic club, comedy club. I was Mm going to say comic hall. His comedy club where there is a competition for a $5,000 prize. And let me tell you, this comedy club, it's not an easy crowd. It's the easiest crowd because Dan, uh, describe to me how well everyone's jokes go over. <clears throat> uh, they are laughing as if it is the if as if Louis C.K. and Richard Pryor had uh, sex on the stage. That would and be somehow. <laughs> that wouldn't be awkward at all, no, Dan. Wait, and somehow, I got a picture of this. Who's on top? Uh, Richard, of course, okay, unless it's yeah. after the accident. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the as. As they, realistic as this very warm crowd is. They're laughing think, at the introductions of people's names. I think the only thing that really took me out of the movie was when a baby is presented with a $5,000 <laughs> giant novelty check. It lists the name of the club as Buckhead Comedy Club, <laughs> as opposed to some stupid pun on jokes or chuckles or like Mr. Giggle Factory or <laughs> yeah. something. It should have been like, yeah, funny bone laugh em ups. Uncle Yuck Yucks. Yeah. Oh, Uncle Yuck Yuck. <laughs> no. Or, he went to jail. Uh, <laughs> or Dan? No, I said poor Uncle Yuck Oh, yuck. I thought you said or. Anyway, did I say there were three storylines in this movie? And then I went through three. Surprise! There's a fourth storyline, and it's all about lies and deceit. And when lies and deceit become sexual, and by sexual I mean. Stupid and hackneyed. <laughs> because it turns out that Kate Hudson is married to Asif Manvi. Way to look. Great for Asif. Hey, and great for Kate. I mean, Asif's a funny dude. He is a funny dude, but let's... She's well, a big star. She's great. She's America's sweetheart, etc. She's America's fool's gold. Mm-hmm. And her sister... She's a little bit of heaven. And mm-hmm. her, no, uh, Well, no, she wasn't a little bit of heaven. She wasn't? I thought Peter she was... Peter Dinklage was a little bit of heaven. So wait. But how do you lose a guy in 10 days? <laughs> 
It's a failure to launch, I guess. Maybe he's almost famous. Have we covered all the Kate Hudson? Uh, skeleton key. <laughs> wow. What else was she in? That was a good pull. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when uh, a friend of mine was writing a screenplay that was a New Orleans set ghost thriller. Who's <laughs> Russian? With, with, Wait. A, with a, no, it was no. Selma Hayek uh, and with, with a female lead. And then I was like, "I've got some bad news for you. This movie just came out called Skeleton Key." And she was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> Threw her script away. Uh, and, Threw it in the ocean, and, <laughs> where it was eaten by an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> that octopus then. Sold that script, <laughs> yeah, for a million dollars. The ironic part that that to octopus aliens. is now named Max Landis. <laughs> oh! Max Landipus <laughs> is typing away at four different screenplays at once with his eight arms. Mm-hmm. Anyway, her Kate Hudson's sister is married to what's her name, Carmen Esposito. Cameron yeah. Esposito. Cameron Esposito. Cameron Esposito. Damn. Make that mistake a lot. Max Fun alum. And uh, their mom is Margot Martindale. And Margot Martindale is kind of like an old Texas red state hick who does not approve of Kate Hudson having once dated an Indian and her other daughter. She has even no idea. Her other daughter played by new Becky Sarah Chalky. Oh, right, right. Chalky, right? Chalky? I call her Scrubsy. So, <laughs> like, when? When you're having dinner with your yeah, parents? You hang out? Yeah. Is she listed as Scrubsy in your phone contacts? <laughs> Maybe. It says Scrubsy, and then when you look at it, just a note that says, put Sarah Chalky's name here, when I, <laughs> phone number here when I get it. Anyway. It's uh, an aspirational, Elliot. Margot Martindale is driving around in her RV, and she is as racist and homophobic as the day is long. To the point that her daughters have lied to her for years about their lives. Kate Hudson is married and has a child, and Cameron Esposito is married and has a child. The children are not babies. They've been around for years, and they've been lying to their mother and father, who is essentially a non-entity, about their lifestyle. But uh I kind of want to find out how they were able to maintain this elaborate lie. Well, they while we were talking over a lot of the movie, they were talking about how they the the parents live down in Texas and they live in a trailer park and there were jokes about their having a rotary phone. I guess Paul's right. I should pay more attention to the movies we watch. I'll tell you how they do it. Most of the brilliant Sutterfuge involved every time that Kate Hudson was... Sutterfuge? Is that when Kurt Sutter, showrunner of TV's Sons of Anarchy? Yes, goes into a fugue state and creates the bastard executioner. The ironic thing was I was going to let that go. (laughs) Of all the people to allow Elliot to... I got to stick up for my boy, Dan, over here. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hey, you know what, Dan? Welcome, Stuart. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're going to jail, Dan. (laughs) How'd this turn back on me? I don't understand. Boomerang Danya, starring Eddie Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) The movie Boomerang Danya. (laughs) It was the sequel to Boomerang. (laughs) For anyone who didn't get it. Uh, when Boomerang came out, I was so it was rated R, and I'm like, I want to see this fucking movie so bad. It's got to be so hilarious. <laughs> you saying that to your mom? Yeah, I was like, mom, you fucking bitch. Don't take me to see Vern Don't take me to see Boomerang. I thought you were gonna say you were so mad that the character wasn't named Max Boomerang. <laughs> I mean, when I watch it, I'm like, I don't even get why it's called Boomerang. Nobody uses one. It didn't make any sense to me. You thought Paul Hogan was going to be in it. I was hoping, or Yahoo Serious. Or Paul Hogan's brother, Hulk. Wait, they're... <laughs> <laughs> yes, one's American and one's Australian. Yeah, just like Jennifer Garner and James Garner. Are <laughs> our brother and sister. 
Jennifer Garner has one of those uh, Dorian Gray paintings. Mm-hmm. She's actually as old as James Garner. Oh, wow. James well. Garner got one of those paintings, but it didn't work, so he returned it. <laughs> to Spencer's gifts, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, they, but unfortunately, oh, so here's, here's the subterfuge that, uh, that Kate Hudson usually in, uh, puts together. When her mom Skypes her, she takes down the one picture of her family off the wall so that her mom can't see it. You know, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world Asif Manvi wasn't married to him. As opposed to moving anywhere else in the entire house, their entire Pottery Barn catalog of a house nope. that doesn't have pictures of Got her it. brown family. That laptop does not move. No. Nope. And uh, let's talk about, well, Stuart, you're going to say something, and then I want to talk about the interior design of this movie. I don't know what's worse, lying to her mom and dad that, she, they have a. There's a grandchild. Yeah, they have. A or child. that she's been lying to her husband, her life partner, that her parents are. She claims that they live in a what a like a in mental a, hospital or yeah, something, or like some kind, yeah, hospice or something. Like, which lies worse, guys? She's like, uh, my parents live in the hospital from the kingdom. You don't want to go visit them. It's full of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of crazy shit's going to happen. That yeah, makes sense. You're right. And I'm a doctor and I don't want to go to that hospital. My parents live in the hospital from Constantine and nobody's in it ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Except for Satan. <laughs> Udo Kier shows up and you're like, this has got to be a horror movie because he doesn't do <laughs> non-horror movies. <laughs> Look, if you're in a doctor's office waiting room and Udo Kier walks in, you get the fuck out of that doctor's office. You sell him a painting that's cursed (laughs) and you get out of there. Same way that if you're the president of the United States and Max von Sydow walks in and goes, Mr. President, I have that report. You get out of the White House. You do not want to be president anymore. Like, but Mr. President, I thought we were best friends. (laughs) The way that the, the impersonations are just flying Oh yeah, on this yeah. episode. Yeah, I've been working on my Van Sydow impression for quite a while. Let's, let's hear it a involves bit more making of it. making my tongue three times as large as it normally <laughs> is. Yeah. It's already shrunk back down to normal size. It'll take me about twenty minutes to work it back up. Let oh. me start slapping it. <laughs> oh god! Hit it with this hammer, and then we'll get back to you. Uh, so, Margot Martindale. Uh oh, for a Mother's Day surprise, she is going to show up by surprise. Now here's I want to talk about I want now I want to everything works out fine in the end so let's not even bother talking about what happens to everybody who cares it turns out that the the English wannabe stand up comics girlfriend is afraid of commitment because her mother was Julia Roberts and she gave her away for adoption <clears throat> other than that everything happens exactly the way you think it's going to happen so Paul you called that I did what I do you, how, how are you going to spend your winnings your trifecta <laughs> <laughs> my huge five thousand dollar baby check yeah. The baby wins the stand-up comedy competition. Like everyone knew it was going to happen. Like everyone knew it was going to happen. Jennifer Aniston falls in love with Jason Sudeikis. I mean, come on. He's got a little beard. Margot Martindale comes around to not being racist anymore when she meets Asif Manvi's mom. Jason Sudeikis manages to uh, do a karaoke version of Humpty Dance, which is terrible because (laughs) it's Mother's Day themed. And uh, and there was one other thing that happened that actually was crazy, and I don't remember. Oh, well, there was uh, Cameron Esposito and uh, Second Becky made a Mother's Day float 
Oh, a womb-shaped Mother's Day float? Oh, for the Mother's Day parade. Because they're lesbians, I guess? Oh, and also, and of course, Jennifer Aniston It also proves- looked like if you combined a vagina and a brick oven pizza oven. <laughs> I can see that. It was like a funnel on a brick oven pizza. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Jennifer Aniston throws a huge party involving still-walking clowns, and then later proves that she's the real mom because there is an asthma scare with her son, and she's the only one who knows where his backup inhaler is. In a way, that brick oven pizza vagina kind of reinforces my statement that we're all kind of like pizzas, right, guys? Uh, yeah, the, yes. The cheese is the skin, the sauce is the blood, the crust is the bone. Well, exactly. And the blood, crust on alive. the top is teeth when your bone sticks out of your Which, face. Kind of like a Toad the Wet Sprocket song. Which part is the body of Christ again? <laughs> Uh, the box, maybe the the, pup, the pepperonis, <laughs> the little the little plastic table that keeps it from folding. Yeah, what does yeah. that represent? I guess yeah, the Trinity. That was when I carried you, my son. <laughs> That's when I carried the top of the box. <laughs> that was when I stacked the pizza boxes. Now, there's two things I want to talk about. One, interior design. Let's just set that aside. Everything in this looks like a restoration hardware catalog. To everyone is that level of rich in movies like this where they can afford anything and they have jobs like interior designer or in Timothy Oliphant's case guy it seems yeah. guy well I mean rich. I think he was like yeah. a like a linen suit model probably mm, well that's nice. why it nice seems work. so ridiculous that Julia Roberts character would give her daughter up for adoption to pursue a career when in theory she's just going to earn money it will just appear and she'll have nice things yeah uh, now, I realized earlier we said a baby wins a stand-up comedy competition. <laughs> yeah. It's just the ba- the guy carries the baby on stage with her with him and does a and baby theme like, set. And everyone's like, aw, a baby. Yeah, but, Although the real star they, of the show is the fat gay man in the in the front row that he banters with during the act. But they still give the check to the baby. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch the of other comics who don't get a check because you, of that. Can you imagine? You've been going to Bulkhead's Comedy Pavilion or whatever it Buckhead. is. Bulkhead's Comedy place yeah, for, yeah. for comedy camp. Depot. Yeah, comedy, yeah. A discount comedy barn. Buy it in bulk uh, <laughs> for weeks to get this $5,000 check and on the last day a baby swoops in and takes it from you. I would be so mad. I would be so, I'd be on WTF the next week complaining about that. <laughs> and Mark Maron would be like, Ah, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Where'd your parents grow up? What did your dad do for a living? He's like, we used to have beef, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> tell me, this yeah. baby, did I know them? Was I mad at them? Did they not like me? Hey, baby, who are your guys? <laughs> <laughs> who are your guys? Um, anyway, a lot of shade going around so here all of a sudden. I really, Podcast shade. I would that's say it's it. more we. Envy? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> certainly. <laughs> punching, punching up. Yeah, right. I wish someone had punched up this script. So I said I would place interior design on the side, and then we talked about it anyway. So they're all rich. It doesn't matter. Jennifer Aniston can, on a moment's whim, throw a huge party involving forty to fifty thousand. Did you just say Jennifer Garner? I thought I said Jennifer Aniston. She's a ghost at this point. I'm sorry, Jennifer Garner. Rest in peace. Jennifer Aniston can, on a whim, overnight, plan this forty to fifty thousand dollar kids party with a huge inflatable water slide. Clowns on stilts, a petting zoo, and the clown gives her very good life advice uh, while wearing creepy makeup. (laughs) And uh, I mean, he's a clown. Yeah, unlike normal clown makeup, (laughs) which is just like business clown. (laughs) (laughs) Business clown. I'm a regular business clown. Uh, So that's the richness. But also, Mother's Day in this movie, and look, I have a mom, I'm married to a mom. Mm-hmm. Mother's Day is going to be a bit, I mean, we're celebrating on Saturday with my mom and on Sunday with my wife. It's her day. It's like, because Sunday is actual Mother's Day. They, like, it's a special day. 
They treat uh, it in this movie like it's Christmas and Easter and Passover yeah. and Ramadan wrapped up into one if sacred any, like, day. If any crazy event happens in that day and during the day, they're like, oh, this was a crazy Mother's Day, right? And it's like, no one remembers that it's Mother's Day in on Mother's Day. In the lead up to Mother's Day, all anyone can talk about is Mother's Day. Even the guy who's... Mother, the, the mother he's married to yeah. is dead. All they can talk about is this Mother's, mother's Day. Day is going to be so difficult this year. What are you doing for Mother's Day? <laughs> you got your Mother's Day <laughs> gifts yet? Yeah, a guy wrecks his car. He's like, I can't believe I wrecked my car right before Mother's Day. <laughs> are we a, going are we gonna go out and sing Mother's Day carols tomorrow? <laughs> a bunch of terrorists are about to are about to hijack a plane. They're like, no, no, no. It's Mother's Day. They've had enough. Let's let, <laughs> let's do this for the mothers and just give them a rest. Uh, yeah, Satan's maybe armies are massing at the border between our world and, and hell. And he goes, wait, it's Mother's Day. <laughs> I should be with my mom. Give he, them this. He goes, <laughs> he goes over, hits play on his CD player and it goes, mother. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your children to walk your way. Tell your children to call regularly. Oh, he's got like a novelty version. <laughs> oh, mother. da 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 you are singing the version of that song that would have been of the karaoke version if it was done in this movie. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. So feel bad about that, and I guess. And if you want to get brunch with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is an alternate. This is like a this is like a Twilight Zone. It might as well be a Twilight Zone episode where at the beginning uh, they're like, consider, if you will, mm-hmm. a universe. That's your Rod Sterling? Wait, hold on. Consider if you will. Consider if you will. Consider if you will. Got to Consi- talk to your teeth more. Would that a tour so simple? Consider if you will. More through a your world. teeth. Consider with you will. <laughs> a no, world where don't mothers. Don't move your jaw at all. Like you're, you're like you're used to having a cigarette in there. A world where mothers. A little less deep. I keep your, a world, your lips shut. A world where mothers. A world where mothers. Okay, now just talk through your nose. Oh, <laughs> a world where mothers. Okay, now as if he's got like a bad cough. <laughs> a world where. A world. <laughs> okay, now he's really sleepy. A world where mothers. Okay, are. now he's drunk. <laughs> a world where mothers. Okay, now he's Italian. A world where mothers. Okay, now he's Bane. A world. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Bane changed. Batman. A world. I can't do it. Okay, thanks, face Tavia face from Fiddler. Yeah, he sounds like Tavia. A world where, a world mothers, where Batman. mothers, Batman. Sounds crazy, no? <laughs> but in our little village of Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> Mother's Day is the most important day, Batman. I was born in the Mother's Day. Batman. Father's Day comes later. <laughs> so, Dan, okay. It's like yeah. a Twilight Zone where Mother's Day is the most important day. Yeah. It is like we like, wandered into the, like, red universe and fringe, and everybody's, like, super into Mother's Day and Leonard Nimoy's there. Yeah. Sure. Sounds like a magical world. Sure, fringe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a popular show. There was, yeah, like, no, five really. or six people, seasons. People yeah. I'm not it. talking, like, fucking Supernatural or something. No, sure, which Babylon 5. Lots of shows I don't know. <laughs> Let's list no, them all. Fringe was a popular show. It's got I mean, not as nerds. popular as Supernatural with you <laughs> compared to it for some no, reason. No, you're right. I'm just Supernatural shocked. like went for like 14 seasons or something. <laughs> yeah. like that. It's still going. And I don't think they've increased the budget since the first season. They're like, <laughs> if it ain't broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, now we'll just turn a mustache into a <laughs> demon wig. Who cares? <laughs> Cut that mustache off. <laughs> uh, uh, so 
Mother's Day. It's all everyone talks about. It's a week till Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day coming up. What about the mothers? Mother's Day, Day of All Mothers. It's uh, a little overwhelming, even for a movie called Mother's Day. I mean, this movie is pitched so hard, like so much of Gary Marshall's stuff is pitched so hard to a certain demographic well, in this say. case the demographic is mothers well yeah just i, I mean like it, might as well, it might as well have been two hours of a overfilled glass of white wine <laughs> <laughs> this is the kathy leon hoda of movies it's like you get it's like a movie version of uh, an electronic picture frame yes. it just shows the same seven pictures of your grandkids over and over again <laughs> And they managed to sneak in a bunch of jokes about, like, how kids can never take their face away from their cell phones. Yeah, there's someone says tweet at me at some point. And I you got were, up and stomped around the room because it sounded fucking angry. stupid. Well, then, but then Jennifer Aniston talks about how stupid she thinks it was. Tweet at me? Did she say tweet at me? No, but I thought it was stupid because it was clearly snuck in there because they're like, old people think Twitter is dumb. Yeah. Unless they're the president, I guess. In which case, they think Twitter is their lifeline to the American people. Uh, there's a lot of bad jokes in this movie. And things that are set up as jokes, but then aren't. And there's a lot of, I guess, attempts at what would have been jokes. But they're like... They have the form and structure of jokes. But the yeah, there's no there there. And, and there's the, definitely some ADR stuff snuck in there to punch up scenes. I was fully expecting at some point in this movie to hear, and uh, here comes Slipknot, the man who can climb everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was how ADR this movie was. Yeah. Stuart's favorite character. My favorite yeah, ADR line Give of the year. Give me a second. I'm, I'm still processing. <laughs> <laughs> so sad about Slipknot. Uh, I mean, he just had so much attitude. <laughs> he was so fully fleshed out. I mean, you care. You really cared. You think that guy's going to slip? Not. (laughs) (laughs) That's how he got his name, actually. (laughs) Uh, But there's a lot of scenes like, let me just, I'm just going to tell you one scene where Jennifer Aniston uh, is going to her kid's talent show or something. Yeah. All I know is it's in the park. Mm -hmm. Much like everything else in the movie, it is way too high budget for what it's supposed to be, which I guess is supposed to be a kid, like one of those kid music performance recitals at school. Uh, Her older son is playing in the orchestra band. Mm-hmm. Her younger son uh, is going to appear, I guess, in a parade of animal costumes. And he come, and she's mad because their stepmother shows up and takes a seat that she was saving, and they argue, but then that fizzles out. And then the son walks out dressed as a lion, but he's put his costume on backwards so the tail looks like a penis. And everyone thinks it's hilarious. I mean, it's pretty funny, dude. End of scene. <laughs> End of scene. The tension doesn't exist. There's no consequences. There's n- it's not even like no one. Should- what should the consequences be? <laughs> well, like, and- Off with fucking, his head. Yeah. <laughs> fucking ten days in the isolation cubes. He's taken away in cuffs. <laughs> you have made light of the holy phallus. <laughs> you, you, you shall spend four days in the in the hot zone. Everyone lines outside up the city walls. Oh, the scorch. <laughs> yeah. They stone him like in a Shirley Jackson play. <laughs> but like that. That like. The mom would be embarrassed or people are shocked by it. Maybe there's an old lady and someone covers the old lady's eyes and the old lady pushes their hand away. Like and Then she starts rapping and you're like, whoa, <laughs> this is getting good. And Jason Sudeikis is like, let me handle the rapping, miss. My name is Humpty, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like a lot, in a lot of the scenes, something happens that – or like for instance, there's a – the, at the aforementioned very expensive kids party. 
Timothy Oliphant climbs up to the top of this water slide to get his son, who refuses to leave, to go with him to a Foo Fighters concert. And <laughs> she, and uh, a girl, little girl— I mean, I kind of empathize with this kid, you I mean, know? they're not terrible. I don't love them. But. Sure, but I think he thinks Dave Grohl just kind of—he's a little icky, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Someone's projecting. He's a little icky. Uh, you got to admit, though, two huge bands, that guy's on a grill. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> God damn it. Anyway, so Timothy Olyphant climbs to the top my of the... My soul just left my body. <laughs> yep. You're welcome. Tell, tell your body I said you're welcome for the vacation. <laughs> Can it go to the Soul Asylum, a band he's not in? Oh! <laughs> I think I know kind of where you're going. There's oh, one. never mind. Oh, wait, okay. but that's not a band. All right, that's that's an album. Oh, come on. It's in the overall theme. That's good. Yeah, it's a shame about Ray. <laughs> okay, that doesn't track at all. Hey, but. you guys are just a bunch of cherry-popping daddies. <laughs> <laughs> not remotely in the genre or... <laughs> Local area, but he prefers to go by Cherry Pop and Danny. <laughs> his one man Cherry Pop and Danny's tribute. At least that's back. what his tattoo says. <laughs> now, all I can picture is Dan in like a full one man band outfit with like the drum, but over a zoot suit. Over oh a zoot my God. suit, yeah. just doing Cherry Pop and Danny's. Dan, a whole lot how, of symbol in it. How <laughs> many? How many new and upgrading donors does Max Fun need to get at the next Max Fun drive for you to get a tattoo that says Cherry Pop and Danny? <laughs> I would settle for Dan performing a, a demo of Zoot Suit Riot. Yeah, I would do that. I don't know about. Let's start small. Any number that would look. Stuart dude, got let's, a tattoo. Let's just start having drinks, dude. Like got a tattoo we wanted to get anyway. <laughs> you don't know that. that. I mean, Dan. I, there were there. If one of us gets a tattoo, it's big stakes, mm-hmm. really, because I could not be buried in a synagogue cemetery. I'm not and you would forever have Cherry Pop and Danny branded se. on you. It's the content of the tattoo. <laughs> you could get it tatted. No, like you would show it off, and you'd be like, "Hey, it's kind of funny, right? It's a goof, and yeah. you're like wiggling your shoulders. It's an ironic tattoo. <laughs> Look, it's dancing. <laughs> it's a little ironic. That's yeah. Cherry Pop and dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Come on with me. <laughs> and it's like, sir, why is your shirt off if you're already... I mean, the, the idea of this tattoo. Let's let's get real, guys. <laughs> is that Break it down. The reveal should be done, you know, when you're... When you already have that special someone oh, yeah, in course. your apartment. Things are real romantic. They probably can't uh-huh. leave at that point. The lights sure. are low. You're drinking champagne. Yeah. Candles. I can Maybe see Maybe Cherry Pop and Daddy's is on the, already That's on the right. CD. Turn it low, it's on though. the turntable. Because <laughs> it's got right. a, the original vinyl. Yeah, you want to hear that? Yeah, it, it's just got a warmer sound. Because otherwise, it's, it's let me show you my tattoo, sir. We can't serve you with this Piggly Wiggly if you don't put your shirt back on. <laughs> Wait, I'm being wiggly. served at a Piggly Wiggly? <laughs> At like the deli I'm counter, a chair up to the meat counter. Were <laughs> you getting a, you getting yeah, a sandwich yeah. at a Wawa? Sure. I you either want a date or a half pound of oven gold turkey. All right. <laughs> Start pulling shrimp out of the seafood section one at a time. Yeah, yeah. Teeth. I'm just gonna sit on this watermelon until you send out a waiter. <laughs> send so, out a waiter. I don't care if it's not your business model. It is now. Making a, I'm the piggle, so wiggle me. <laughs> making a stool out of twenty boxes of Ritz to eat another box of Ritz. <laughs> I'll pay for it when I'm done, as I would at a restaurant. <laughs> Sir, do, tell, do not tell me to put my, my shirt on and obey store rules. <laughs> Don't I, expect a tip, I'll tell you that. I thought at Piggly Wiggly it was my way right away. Oh, that's a different place? I apologize. 
No. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, what were we even talking about? I don't know. We were talking I, about this tattoo. Before the, the fucking tattoo. movie, oh, I oh. think. <laughs> we watched a oh, movie so tonight. Anyway, it's called Mother's Timmy Day. Timmy the Oliphant has climbed to the top of a water slide, and a little girl is egged on by Jennifer Aniston to turn off the, the pump that keeps it inflated. inflated. Okay, he's going to fall into some water. He's going to fall and hurt himself. It slowly deflates, and Timothy Oliphant steps off of it to, I guess, the, but it's the, sh- the mild bemusement of the crowd. The, the young girl who did it takes her glasses off and then makes a look of shocked amusement because apparently when wearing her glasses, she couldn't see what was happening. We are to believe that this little girl is farsighted <laughs> and she cannot re- she is wearing her reading glasses. <laughs> Gary Marshall, I say stop it. Stop trying to purvey these lies to us. You have stopped, you've passed. I'm so sorry, sir. That was insensitive. We'll me. see you at the crossroads. <laughs> so, you won't, so you won't be lonely? Is that how it goes? On that we note. Have to die. We'll see you at the crossroads. On that note, I think we should. If ever there was a bone thug in harmony, it was it was Gary Marshall. <laughs> we should move on to final judgments. Whether this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of like. Stuart, what do you have to say? Oh, man. I had such a good time talking about it. Let's say good, good movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a shocker. Uh, I'm going to say this is a bad, bad movie. It's not the most offensive movie that we watched. Uh, I, I enjoyed it more than Assassin's Creed. No, it was. It certainly like kept my attention more than... I would say... Except for all that time you were checking your phone. Well, but that's... (laughs) You you don't know... You don't know how much he usually checks his phone. Or falls asleep during the film. (laughs) This is probably more diverting than 70% of the movies that we watch, but it's I still can't give it any good rating. So uh, Half the time, I'm assuming Dan's astral projecting or something. (laughs) I'm going to also... I'm going to give it a similar rating. It's not fun enough to be good bad. It's It's not a... Great movie, but like, A, if given a choice, you put a gun to my head and you said, you want to watch Mother's Day again or you want to watch Home Sweet Hell? You I, Look, there's going to be an Elliot-shaped hole in the VCR as I shove that tape of Mother's <laughs> Day in. I can't get it in fast enough. Was it released on VHS? Uh, Gary Marshall, I assume, asked for a VHS copy sure. for his, his to home. Be, for him to be buried with. Home at, yeah, yeah I mean, for true collectors. Uh, and what what would you say? Yeah, I mean, it's it's... Yeah, it's everything you guys said. It's not awful. It it, it didn't offend me, but it's like a, a melted vanilla ice cream cone. It's bad, We're going to hold in, you to that. Inoffensively bad, bad. That's okay. I'll, that's a good way to describe it, yeah. Now I'm thinking that they probably did release it on VHS from like Jack White's Third Man Records or something. <laughs> yeah. It's in a limited pressing of like I feel like they'd want to do it in VHS if only so the grandparents of this world could keep it in a wicker basket in their TVs. And then what, light it on fire yeah. to bring back their crops? Yeah, of course. Yeah, do a wicker basket of VHS tapes that they keep in the bathroom for some reason. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it should. smells good, dude. <laughs> but you yes. can't wash your hands with it. Or, or you think you can. Or eat it. Or let, make a have a chicken make a nest out of it. <laughs> From the dawn of time, one podcast has unlocked the secrets of science and technology to enrich the lives of billions. And now, after a year where they've unlocked the golden age of knowledge, they're about to hit warp speed and go stratospheric. Wait, hold up. 
On Oh No, Ross and Carrie, we don't make extraordinary claims. We investigate them. We go undercover with fringe religious groups, investigate paranormal claims, and we participate in pseudoscientific medical treatments and then report our findings to you. And yes, we've even investigated Scientology. New episodes every month at MaximumFun.org. Oh No, Ross and Carrie. They show up so you don't have to. Mugs, shirts, stickers, patches, tanks, and more are yours for the purchasing at MaxFunStore.com. Hey, you already love the podcasts, so why not take this to the next level and outfit your home and bod with our merch? MaxFunStore.com. Because if you have to wear a shirt, it should be one of ours. We should move on to... uh, You getting that tattoo? I'm for that. Our sponsors. We have a couple Our of sponsors. First sponsor is Dan's Bad Idea Tattoos <laughs> that uh, are keeping the lights on uh, on this fine program. I guess Barely. it's okay. There's one light. Uh, and the first is ZipRecruiter.com. Are you hiring? Yeah. Do you know where you're to post your job to find the best candidates? Uh, no. Post I don't know. Your... How did you find out about it, Paul? Listen. Uh, here, yeah. Listen. <laughs> listen. He's telling my story right now. Listen, buddy. Keep rolling. <laughs> Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you you need to post your job on all the top job sites. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Whoa, 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 Dan, let me stop you right there. Yeah. 100-plus. Now, that means more than 100, right? That is the literal meaning of 100-plus, Yes. But how many clicks do I need to do that? I would need like 300 clicks. A single click. One click? Like I think a- that if you had to do it to 100 sites and you needed 300 clicks, you would be a fool. <laughs> that mathematically. So I guess what you're saying is my comp, my, my plan to compete with ZipRecruiter, with ZapRecruiter, a three clicks for every site it goes on pro- process is not as good as ZipRecruiter. No, I think mm-hmm. that that's uh, you. You've you've come up with a fool's uh, errand there. Well, take it from Dan. Don't invest in my new company. Just go to ZipRecruiter mm-hmm. to recruit all the zips you want. And right now, my listeners, our listeners, yeah, thank you, Dan, can post jobs on ZipRecruiter. No, no, star of the show, Dan McCoy, <laughs> the only one anyone tunes in for, all Dan the, McCoy, all the Dan heads out there, yeah, all the Danos, the cherry popping Dannys themselves. <laughs> Listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. Now, Dan, if you were hiring for some for something, what would you be hiring for? <clears throat> um, what would your dream business that you're hiring other people? And it can't be like a Dan Blowjob business. A real gross, business, dude. Dan. I can't on. believe you fucking thought of I that. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> I didn't what I... What if I had my own personal bard? Let's keep it PG, right, that, guys? Your own personal bard? <laughs> yeah, a bard that came behind me and sang songs of my uh, exploits. Oh, I would love that. that's cool. Now he's sitting on the couch, <laughs> catching up with Legion. <laughs> Danny of the Ten Fingers. <laughs> Danny of the Ten Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> generic bard. He seems exceedingly Dan. sad. <laughs> The oxygen goes in, carbon dioxide goes out, Dan, Dan, Dan McCoy, breathing all about $10, please. <laughs> Are you going to take a shower today? <laughs> all right. Wow, Pajama okay. pants with no shirt, 
It's 6 p.m. It's all he's worn all day. I guess it's Watch him the throw a jacket on over his bare chest for the Chinese delivery man. Uh, hey, real talk, Practically guys. accurate. Real, real, real talk, guys. How often do you accept deliveries from food places in your underpants? Uh, like in my, just, just my underpants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I throw on some pajama pants. I'm not a monster. Well, sounds like Stu's a monster, I'm guessing. <laughs> that makes me a monster. Do you, <laughs> least, do you at least like sort of like poke your head around the the door? Or do like, you just waggle out sort of like balls first? Yeah, I assume sort of just checks the fly on his Y fronts to make sure that he's not hanging out. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, because sometimes the, it falls out. He waits to open the door fully before the big reveal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your tip, sir. <laughs> Uh, no, I was just wondering, because, you know, different styles. Yeah, for different files. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, make the filing system difficult if everyone uses a different style. Uh, the next sponsor that helps us here at the Flophouse is Blue Apron. Blue Apron. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Wait, Dan, pre-portioned ingredients. You're saying I don't have to measure shit out, which I hate doing? Pardon my language. I don't need to measure fuck out, which I hate doing? (laughs) Yes, your weird, lazy uh, problem, mental block against taking out some measuring cups. Uh... Let's talk about it for a second. There's a little thing called parallax, which makes it so I have to line up the lines on the cup real close to my face to make sure the right amount is in there. Otherwise, optical illusion, I have too much or too little. That's too much stress for me. Somebody measure it out beforehand, give it to me that way. Blue Apron, you did it. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yes, it's a great service. I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about it. <laughs> and other it's than seasonal for the pissy anal retentive chef. Less than ten dollars a person, Dan. No, I this mean, is a good service. It's a good service. I mean, and listen to the upcoming meals you can get. Please, thank you. I don't know why we're so angry about it, Dan. Read the meals. <laughs> you got beef teriyaki stir fry with sugar snap peas and lime rice. That sounds good. Lime rice sounds great to me. Baked spinach and egg flatbread with sautéed asparagus and lemon aioli. Oh. Three cheese and baby broccoli stromboli with tomato and oregano dipping sauce. I can't even picture that, but it sounds delicious. And crispy salmon and roasted potato salad with pickled mustard seeds and creme fresh sauce. Listen. And you can do all that while wearing your underpants. Yeah. You don't have to worry about putting on pajama pants or saying hi to a delivery guy. No. That's the worst part, the saying hi. Yeah, said hi. Check out. <laughs> You're this. probably noticing my lack of pants right now. You can check out this week's menu and get your first. Thr- <laughs> Don't worry, the cash is in my underpants. <laughs> Hold on. Is that like? Uh, I, I definitely there was like a heat wave one summer, and I went into bodegas in Brooklyn, and there would be signs that said "No bra money." <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Because <laughs> wow. it was super hot out. It was all sweaty. Well, I, yeah, all right. Uh, check That's out, Dan's favorite kind of money. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash flophouse. That's, first three meals for free? Yeah. Well, if you go to blueapron.com slash flophouse. How do you not do that? Yeah. That's three meals free. 
You know what I call that? Almost, almost impossible in this <laughs> modern world. <laughs> uh, is this the time when we look up in the sky for the massive Jumbotron? Yes. It's okay. Beautiful. What do I see up there in the sky? Let me uh, peel my peepers. Or, or your pizza skin. <laughs> my, this message is for D-Dog. The message is from Justin. Happy birthday to my best friend in the world. You make my life one million times better. And I honestly have no idea what I would do without you. You deserve a great bidet. And I hope this helps. <laughs> Love. <laughs> Justin. I gotta assume that was B day. Yeah, oh, like, like let me do that over. Day. Yeah, no, he, you deserve a foot tall, <laughs> a great B day, and I hope this helps. <laughs> Love, Justin. Oh, I'll dude. accept my Academy Award in the form of a Cadbury egg. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a jumbotron message to read. Oh, this. Yes, this message is for Max Fun East and Flophouse DC participants, and it's from Brian. And it goes like this. The Flophouse live event in DC was a blast. I met lots of great people, and I took some fun photos. Apparently, trading pain meds for gin and tonics can leave things a bit unclear. To all I met and was charming to, you are welcome. To anyone I was not, I apologize. And to the guy who watched my bag 300 times while I went to the bar, thank you. See lots of you Max Funsters in the Poconos. Brian, preferred gin withheld. It's Hendrix. That's a lovely message. That was very nice and sweet. And the Max Fun community is a very nice one. Uh, Speaking of the Max Fun community, I just want to say real quick, uh, shout out to Alan White, who is currently recovering from a very invasive surgery. That dude's awesome. Met him at Max Fun Con East. So go, Alan. Uh, and Dan, we have some things of our own to plug, right? A few things. Is this uh, the time for that? Yes. First off, uh, just quickly, a friend of the Flophouse, a former co-host of the Flophouse, uh, John Kingman, is directing a feature sci-fi comedy in New York City in June, and he needs your help. It's called Ghostbusters. Well, no. Head on over to Indiegogo and search Snatchers, or just go to Trending and Film. Get some rewards, support indie film, and see a cameo from us, the Flophouse, if we can manage it with our schedules. Yeah, we're, we're working on that. We're that hoping to fun. be in this movie. Uh, and follow Snatchers on Instagram at Snatchers Film or Twitter, also at Snatchers Film. So the movie might need three romantic leads, is what you're saying? Yeah, it's weird, <laughs> but uh, I'll buy it. I'll mm-hmm. allow it. <laughs> in movie court. It's good to be king, etc. Uh, Stuart, I believe you had an exciting project. That's yeah, I just now. wanted to say we mentioned this before, but uh, we have a hot new release from the Flophouse. Hey, <laughs> it, no, it's super hot. It's a super hot new release, just fresh out of the pizza oven, steaming moist release. Uh, it's we have a new issue of the Flophouse Funnies. That's the digital Flophouse comic book that we make and put out. Uh, we put out with all proceeds going to the ACLU. Uh, this recent issue, the second issue, was written by me, titled A Hairy Night in Wolfsburg. Uh, I wrote it. Uh, Jacob Edgar did the art. Colors by Derbla Kelly. Uh, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, by the way. Uh, letters by Simon Boland. Uh, cover by the 
always amazing Tom Fowler. Who did the numbers? The numbers. Let me double check that thing. The uh, the cover art by Na- uh, Nathan Fairbairn. Fairbairn. I I don't know how to pronounce it properly. Cover dress by Chris Eliopoulos. Editor is the uh, incredible Nate Cosby who kind of put this whole thing together. So if you get a chance, uh, I've given everybody credit, I believe. And there's an amazing pinup in there by Alex Robinson from Star Wars Minute, a show that Dan and I are going to be on next week. Uh, So if you get a chance, uh, go support the ACLU and read my silly little story that I had been cooking in my old brain box for a while and uh, if you haven't, pick up the issue that Dan wrote. And then I think Elliot's is on the way, and it looks great so far. Yeah, it looks. mine is looking good. I think it's for next month. I don't know when we're going to be putting it out. We'll tell you when it's coming out. But the more the more support we get, the more we're able to put those out. Yes, and then the more we can contribute to the worthy cause of protecting yep. our civil liberties and freedoms and so forth. And Which seem all the more tenuous nowadays. But with the werewolves and things. Oh, uh, what, what, what? Speaking of civil liberties and werewolves, hey guys, we have a live show coming up on June 9th. <laughs> not, an, not an accurate segue. There will be no werewolves or civil liberties allowed. Uh-huh. Uh, now, this show is at the Bell House in Gowanus in Brooklyn. Now, people are like, uh, didn't that show sell out? Why are you promoting yeah, it on your podcast? Why are you talking about? Why are you taunting me? It's like that when you two played Madison Square Garden and they printed up posters where the tour dates were all marked as sold out and plastered them all over the all city. And it was like, why are you advertising a sold out concert? Why just to fulfill what a contractual obligation? I didn't even want to see you two, and you're wiping it in my face that I couldn't even buy tickets to see a band I don't even like. Oh, you too. I, I I honestly thought you said YouTube. Oh no, yeah, YouTube was playing at Madison Square Garden, and Tazon I was like, Day sold out the garden. <laughs> I was like, I can see this at home. I would love to see oh. Chocolate Rain played live though. That uh, kitten can't get up that slide. Uh, so anyway, that show is sold out, but. Lucky Ducks, that you are. There's a second show that same night, June 9th. Are you kidding me? Two shows in one night? Two shows in one night. We're going to be crazy good. Yeah, we're going to be giddy tired. (laughs) It's at 10 p.m. the second show. Doors are at 9.30. And uh, we've announced what movies they are. We can say what they are. So on... Six nine. Uh, Things are gonna get a little bit horny up in the bell house <laughs> as we started off with the early show watching Triple X, one of the sequels, The Return of Xander Cage, and the late show for all you crazy folks, for all you pervs out there, <laughs> all you sweet pervs, is gonna be Dan. Dan just perked up. Fifty Shades Darker. Oh, so look. For those of you who come the to movie, shows, Dan threatened if we didn't watch it, he would watch it on his own to jacket. We're gonna watch it for this I didn't thing. Specifically, say to jacket. <laughs> we knew what you meant, and usually when we do these shows, we do like the big action movies or whatever. For this one, it's the first time I think that we'll have been doing a sexy movie. I mean, we did Entourage, which is not a sexy movie. Even though no, it it's like the opposite. I think my thing went all the way up inside my body, which, <laughs> yeah. you know, nothing wrong with that, I guess, but it got me. No, no, it definitely my, you know. my penis ran away and I didn't see it for a couple days. It sent me a postcard. <laughs> I'm so mad at you <laughs> for watching this. <laughs> uh, and so, but we're going to be doing 50 shades darker. So that's the second show. If you're going to the first show and you want to stick around for the second show, Get a ticket for it, dude. If you didn't get a chance to go to get see the first show because it sold out, get a ticket for the second show. But the second show is going to be nuts, and you better believe it's going to be pretty obscene. A little bit nasty. Probably too much. A little bit rock and roll. Oh, and a little bit rock and roll. That tiny, wee bit country, but not this country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Malaysia. <laughs> Belarus. <laughs> 
And so that's the bell. Go to the Bell House website. Just Google Bell House Flop House June 9th. Look, it's that easy. Wow. It sounds like we got a lot of flop house housekeeping out of the way. What's next, Danny boy? Next is letters from listeners. Oh, cool. Uh, the first is from Mike, last name withheld, who writes. Get ready for Mike's first letter. Mike first- Huckabee is writing us? I thought he was a total asshole. That we can't <laughs> stop him from writing. Because at the flop house, we'll take letters from anybody. No matter how big an asshole you are, there's a place for you in the flop house heart. Because the flop house heart is big enough for assholes like you. Okay, Dan. Elliot, can I ask you a question? Go if right Hitler ahead. wrote you a letter, would you read it on the flop house? I guess what I would do is screen it for content ahead of the time. Now, Fuck, did he sign lost. that letter? Did he sign that letter? Yes, he signed it. Love, Adolf. Then I'm selling it on that secondary market. But here's the thing. Should it go to a museum? Yes. Should it go to a creepy collector with a wood-paneled basement with that one swastika flag hanging up that all those bad guys have hanging up in their wood-paneled basements? I don't want it to go to him. But if the price is right, that's the wisdom of the market. So let's mark it down as the letter that maybe we won't read. Unless he has a good question about, I don't know, Logan. Or such a jit ray. <laughs> oh, if he wants uh, to know about that, then sure, yeah. <laughs> Mike last name withheld writes, In the fall of 2013, I, an impressionable young flop fan, took some time off from college to backpack through Western Europe like a walking, talking, Ural writing cliche. So it, was that, so it was that I found myself extremely hungover, Waiting to change chains, trains in the Rotterdam station. And change chains. I don't know what his <laughs> life is like. Change, change, trains. <laughs> change your trains. Changing trains <laughs> in the Rotterdam train station. Listening to, as luck would Was have it. Was it Changing Trains, that Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> yeah, movie? Yeah, John Hanna. <laughs> listening to the newest Flophouse episode, Food Fight. When you three got to the now classic hot... Changing hot. training day. <laughs> this is not my fault. He says hot on a tin tin roof instead of cat on a tin tin roof. Tangent. My carefully fabricated world weary. He wrote a letter to us, dude. Persona. Don't make fun of Dan, you knew what he meant. Just correct it in your head and then say it I the way I started it's talking because I was reading the fucking letter and then I was like, this sounds wrong. And I'm like, they're going to make fun of me, but it's a not me. But let a- me pass the buck. This is a not me or an <laughs> I don't know. Fucking little ghost. <laughs> Let's follow the little dotted line to the end of this letter. Mm-hmm. When you three got to the now classic cat on a tin tin roof, a hot tin tin roof tangent, my carefully fabricated world weary traveler persona devolved into pits of embarrassingly childish giggles to the dismay of the several Dutch businessmen and older women with whom I shared the platform. The memory is so vivid that now, anytime you bring up Tintin, or I listen to the Food Fight episode, one of my favorites in the catalog, I'm immediately and vividly transported back to Rotterdam and the scorn of the Dutch. So my question is this. <laughs> Are there any movies or Sounds other like pieces of culture? the title of like a Daniel Close story or something. Yeah. The scorn of the Dutch. <laughs> Are there any movies or other pieces of culture that your mind is inextricably linked with the location or situation you were in when you first experienced them. Best Mike last name withheld. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like a lot. I mean, none of them are particularly I think, funny. I think one of the ones that sticks out is I remember uh, I went to a college visit, you know, when I was a senior in high school and I was looking at colleges. 
And it just so happened that my, uh, like one of my closest friends growing up, uh, Casey Crow, shout out to KK. Uh, we <laughs> went to, we happened to be doing a college visit at this like weirdly conservative school in Southern Michigan. And we, <laughs> Uh, like we went, we went on the like tour of the college together and the guy giving us the tour was this like super conservative dude. And we're like, uh, I don't, I think you're pitching to the wrong people, man. Uh, so we went on this, uh, and it wasn't very fun and the room we stayed in was terrible. So the next day we had a free afternoon. We didn't have to go to school or anything. So we drove back home and big Lebowski was in theaters and we both went to big Lebowski in at like a 1 p.m. showing and got out of it. And I think we collectively were having like maybe we had smoked weed in the, the van or something, but we were both collectively having this like acid flashback. And it was just a really weird experience. And uh, yeah, it was really awesome. So whenever I think of Big Lebowski, I think of this weird time in a van where I was having an acid flashback. Are you high right now? No, I'm just pretty drunk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yes. Kind of. I mean, it depends on your definition. I remember the first time I saw any part of Bride of Frankenstein was on a rainy night in a youth hostel in Scotland. And I saw the part where Dr. Pretorius uh, had like the little ballerina and like the. Yeah, yeah, his miniature homunculi in uh, in bottles. In little bottles. And uh, I will forever associate that with being in Scotland displaced. Uh, among other uh, poor travelers. I think I'll forever remember a little double feature of The Great Outdoors and Stripes as being the movies that I watched on tape in the dining hall at my summer camp on the big night when, instead of sleeping in our cabins, we all slept in the dining hall. And we watched The Great Outdoors, and when the younger kids went asleep, mind you, in the same room, as everybody yeah. else. And I was one of the younger kids, but I stayed up anyway. The uh, older campers and the adults put on stripes. Did you like that. it to make out with a girl or something? Uh, no, I or think I was somebody. like... somebody. I don't want to judge. <laughs> I, yeah, thank you. I think it was 12, so no. Like a squirrel? Oh, It might have okay. been 11. But it was, there was something... But there's Sounds something like about, you're old enough to party, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about sitting in my sleeping bag in this big dining hall... Watching The Great Outdoors, a movie I don't care for. And well, then, I mean, at the time, I thought it was awesome. And then, doesn't he eat sh- like sheep testicles or something in that? No, that's that's funny. Fucking farm. funny. In The Great Outdoors, Ugh. he he has the steak challenge where he has to eat the entire steak and get it for free, and then he ends up throwing it up later. It's the sheep testicles or goat balls or whatever. There is yeah. funny farm, yeah. Where he's eating them and he loves them and he's eating them and there's a he's beating the record for how many were ever eaten and they're like those are goat balls and he doesn't want them anymore and it's like you've been chowing them down like like you, you love those things dude don't fall to society's norms you thought they were delicious until you found out what they were but anyway what about you Paul um I saw uh do the right thing the night it came out in an inner city Trenton movie theater. I was one of three white people in the audience. And um, I'm assuming there was more than three people in the audience. Yo, it was packed. Okay. It was a packed audience. I was a, what, when did that movie come out? Like 89, 80? Yeah, around then. I don't around, know. So I was like a 19 year old dorky white guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was genuinely the most visceral reaction I've ever had and been a part of at a movie. 
uh, I never felt genuinely unsafe, but during the riot sequence, it was almost like one of those weird castle uh, gimmick movies because mm, like people, a tingler, the you know, kind of a tingler thing. Like the the people in in the audience around me were yelling and screaming and people going up and down the aisle, and uh, it was tense. It was very tense. But then at the end of the movie, uh, as people were leaving the theater, it is also the most I've ever heard people talking about the movie and the message of the movie, like how he puts up that Martin Luther King quote and then the Malcolm X quote as to whether violence is justified or not. And it was, I, I mean, I haven't heard, I, I spent a year in film school and I haven't heard that much discussion about the message. Yeah, the that kind of a connection. Immediately following it was. It was actually. It wasn't just like I, some weird old guy being like, "So, what do you think of the yeah. movie?" I was going to say, "Hang out in a New York movie theater, and all the old people are going to want to talk to you about what the movie meant." And you're like, "Dude, I just want to go home. Like, I have my own thoughts about the movie, and I don't need to share them with yeah. you, old man." Yeah, but I mean, old it's, it's man, like, look like at my life. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you about this movie. <laughs> old Dan, look at my life. I'm a lot like Stu. <laughs> <laughs> But again, it was an intense, uh, an intense movie experience. I've never had anything approaching that. So moving on, uh, this is from Jeremy. Last name withheld. Jeremy spoken <laughs> in the form of a letter. That song's actually about Jeremy Sisto. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that because he speaks. Uh, <laughs> you make a good makes point. Makes a lot of and sense has, and yeah. has spoken. Checks out. Checks out. Yeah, lemon yellow sun. It's all there. <laughs> I recently revisited the... He does t- seem like a harmless little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he tries to be menacing and waitress, it just doesn't really play. I recently revisited the 20, oh, 2002 film... 2002? <laughs> <laughs> oh, from the year 20,002. <laughs> I recently <laughs> revisited the... We're all brains in a computer by that point. <laughs> I recently... <laughs> Revisited. <laughs> it's just like an old IBM PC. It's yeah. not a fancy computer. They no. stick a brain in a CRT. <laughs> I recently revisited the 2002 film Red Green Duct Tape Forever. <laughs> he, he revisited it, mind you. He did Wait, not just watch the film Red Green Duct Tape Forever. I've never he watched got, it for I've, the second time I've, perhaps the third or fourth time i've never deliberately watched red green i've only stumbled upon it in random moments uh <laughs> i remember as a kid stumbling on it on pbs for the first time being like what the hell is this <laughs> wait is this a red green movie yes. yeah so wait did he was he in a situation like that one episode of six feet under where a crackhead has a gun to his back and he has to go into a drive gas station. All day. He has to go to a gas station, buy a copy of this red green movie, and go home and watch oh, it I thought you were saying, twice. I thought you were saying the plot of the movie was that red green and it's taking hostage by a crackhead. And duct tape's gonna get him out of it somehow. Yeah, it has to, yeah. And he's just be folksy and Canadian, you know? Uh, no, he says. Oh well, okay. <laughs> it's an adaptation of the popular. Thanks beloved. for classifying. 
Go on. I'm sorry, Dan. An adaptation of the popular beloved 15-season, 300-episode <laughs> Canadian TV sketch sitcom, The Red Green Show. He's got the bona fides. <laughs> right there. Although a lot of what made the TV show great comes through in the film, especially the easy chemistry between <laughs> Steve Smith and Patrick McKenna as the wily, confident Red Green and his gawky, nerdy na- nephew Harold. Oh, I know it well. There are plenty of things that would only make sense to a viewer of the film if they were familiar with the TV show. Like the black and white. <laughs> you mean, hold on a second. Deep in they the were, Red Green lore. They were not seeking to widen the Red Green audience to a new national feature platform. No, this one was for the fans. It was kickstarted. They're like, I got an idea for a new franchise. The Red How many Greens. people do you bump into and you're like, yeah, I was watching the Red Green show, and they're like, what's a show? <laughs> I mean, I know the movie. <laughs> Like the black and white narrated segment at the beginning, setting up their conflict with the evil real estate developer or the entire character of Ranger Gord. Conversely, since the TV show is mostly about the misadventures of a group of lovable, bumbling, outdoorsy men in rural Ontario, every single antagonist in the movie, the real estate developer, the crooked cops, the judge, was fabricated just for the film and nobody watching because they like the show has any emotional investment in them. I mean, to be fair... Almost every movie ever made, you don't have any emotional investment in the characters till the movie is gone a little bit. And then you like that's how movies work. No, that's a fair argument. You shouldn't it shouldn't all be like the MCU where you're like, oh, I care about this thing because I've been reading comics for twenty years. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. It's not like people when they went to see Casablanca were like, Oh, I I can't wait to see how this movie handles the famous characters of Rick and Ilsa. Oh boy. <laughs> yes, in your opinion. What movie adapted from a TV show has done the best job of balancing between being a good movie to watch without having seen the show and being a continuation of the show that its fans love so much? Yours sincerely, Jeremy, last name withheld. Is there a PS in there that says Uncle Buck is not a valid answer? <laughs> yeah, the show. Wait a minute. The show came after the movie. Oh, shit. Yeah. It always, I can't think of that many movies after shows. Yeah. Serenity? I mean, like, Serenity is what I was going to yeah, go for. I actually saw Serenity before I saw any Firefly too. episodes. I would say that the Alan Partridge movie, I think, does a pretty good job of you don't really need to know the show, but if you do know the show, it's funny to see where he's ended up, you know? Mm. Serenity is good at uh, letting the char- like letting everyone know what you need to know to enjoy the movie, and it also ties up loose ends from the show if you watch the show and we're like, I want more Firefly. Uh, maybe Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, although I watched all of Twin Peaks before I saw Firewalk. I think with Firewalk me. with me may in a weird way work better as a standalone David Lynch movie if you're like a David Lynch fan. Because anything you don't get because you haven't seen the show, you're like, it's a David Lynch movie. I don't know that I'm supposed to get that. But if you're a Twin Peaks fan and you're watching that movie, you're kind of expecting it to be to make more sense yeah. in a way. And it doesn't, but there's a lot of really good stuff in that movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Empire Strikes Back is a real good adaptation of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, they did a good yeah, job of that. expanding on. Mm-hmm, 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 I would argue mm-hmm. it's Get out of here. it's a good version. Uh, yeah, it's a good sequel to the Holiday Special. <laughs> <laughs> there's somebody out there who's like. Star Wars is great. Holiday Special takes a dip, but then they bring it back for Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> And one last letter from first name, last name, and everything else withheld. Oh, just one more. On your Independence Day 2 Independence episode, you made a bunch of jokes about weird niche sex toys, which would normally be totally fine and hilarious. 
Except that, as fate would have it, I listened to your podcast while walking to the post office to pick up a package of the very same weird niche sex toys you were joking about. Existential terror filled me like in the line behind some lady buying stamps. What else did these wacky movie watchers know? Had the house cat hacked into my computer and stolen all my dark secrets and illegal bitcoins? Was I, like the Will Smith character, about to be poochied? Anyway, the rest of the episode was pretty funny, so it's cool. Keep on flopping. First name, last name, everything else withheld. So uh, we're sorry for causing you that kind of existential terror. I mean, you know what I'm going to say is whenever people call out my specific sexual fetishes on a podcast and they say it's weird, I say that's why it makes me extra turned on. Because Jesse and Jordan over at Jesse, Jordan, whatever they do... (laughs) <laughs> talk shit about what's going. called what you. makes Jesse my weenus go crazy <laughs> it's like you don't like it mm, that just makes it a little more naughty mm. <laughs> that's the thing baby and i'm not really turned on by what's being done per se but by the boundaries that are being broken mm-hmm. like when you're playing with like a crazy rubik's cube and then a bunch of chains come out of nowhere <laughs> and like rip your face off yeah you're yeah. like i'm like a pizza <laughs> <laughs> Clive, uh, I want to talk to you about your new your new Hellraiser novel. <laughs> Were you eating a pizza when you wrote it? <laughs> uh, yes, I was. I was eating quite a bit of pizza from the local uh, pizza shop. <laughs> well, it's pretty clear. There's a lot of pizza in this one. We have so many toppings to show you, <laughs> Kirsty. Yeah, again, it's this. I want. I want to remind you, uh, publisher, there was a lot of pizza being consumed. It's a me, time. a pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pizza pie. Yeah, you like it. Yeah. yeah. Jesus a wept. <laughs> no pepperoni. No uh no uh pineapple though, right? It's off limits okay. for, the, <laughs> for the pepperoni. Yeah. <laughs> Solid goof. <laughs> Glad I was a part of it. No pineapple. That was going on in history. Rap history. Um so I'm sorry, Stu, that was too harsh. Dude, I don't give a but shit. But there's a thin line between pleasure and pain. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly. Mm-hmm. We should move on to our final segment on the show, which is recommendations. Movies that we actually liked that you should watch instead of Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Anybody got anything? Or <laughs> Yeah, so on Mother's... Is Mother's Day the <laughs> pinnacle of human achievement? <laughs> the greatest film ever made. So on Mother's Day, instead of firing up the movie Mother's Day, you're sitting around with your mommy. You're like, I want to watch a fucking movie with this, this lovely lady who gave birth to me. So I would recommend pulling up your iPad. <laughs> okay. How uh, many slamming, steps are going to be? Slamming your thumb on that Shutter app. <laughs> and watching with your mom the movie Resolution. Resolution's a little low budget, like, I guess, horror thriller. It's about a guy who goes to help out his friend who is struggling with crack addiction. So he... Tricks his friend into going back to the shack in the middle of nowhere and chaining him to the wall. And he's just kind of this guy's resolve to spending the week with his friend, helping him detox. And over the course of the week, let's just say some strange things happened. Uh, so, yeah, if you, uh, I'd recommend going to check out Resolution. I know the guy who made it. Uh, has what? A, yep. Has a new movie coming out, I think sometime next year called I think the endless or endless, uh, which sounds awesome. 
so go check out Resolution so you can, when the new movie comes out, you can be like, oh, I already know this guy's first movie and it's good. Do I have to say well, yeah, it in that yeah, voice? Have to, you have to do that exact voice. If you don't do it in that voice, uh, you owe me a Coke. <laughs> That's the rule. That's the law. Stu law. It's the jinx rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie. This movie that we watched tonight had Jason Sudeikis in it, and it was not very good. And so I'm going to wreck a movie where... You're going to wreck a movie? I'm going to wreck a movie. (laughs) I'm going to wreck a movie. I'm going to wreck the (laughs) fuck out of it. That would have been a way better name for our podcast. (laughs) Uh, Wreck a movie? Yeah, where we wreck a movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, I'm going to wreck a movie, huh? It's uh, called Colossal. It has Jason Sudeikis in it. Mm -hmm. And it has Elliot's longtime paramour. Anne Hathaway. Oh, dude, is that tough for you to see her so happy in movies and stuff now that you guys aren't together? I mean, I would say that the idea that we are in a relationship is an exaggeration to the point of being completely a fabrication. (laughs) Okay. There's not even a kernel of truth to it. But it does. I'm glad to see that Annie's doing great. I'm glad to see that she's got She seems pretty successful. Yeah, she's doing really good. I think uh, the quote I would use is... She won an Academy Award movie for... an Academy Award for... She won an Academy Award movie? She won an Academy Award movie. In her, like, office fucking Super Bowl pool? (laughs) (laughs) She won an Academy Award for Crazy Girl's sister has the worst wedding ever. Yeah, I didn't Mm -hmm. like that movie. Um, Rest in peace. I thought it was great. I would say... (laughs) I just if I didn't find the wedding so irritating, it might have been different. But My was, pull quote for your ex girlfriend Anne Hathaway is unfairly maligned. She is totally unfairly maligned. She's so, great. So Dan, what's this movie that you're it's recommending? It's called Colossal. Now, now who pronounces it that way? Nobody. So that movie's directed by the guy who directed that movie Time, time Crimes, Crimes that I recommend all the time because oh, it's Crimes awesome. Is, I didn't realize it was the same director. Time Crimes yeah. is really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this movie, in case you hadn't heard of it, is about Anne Hathaway. She's a Drunk uh, lady who has... But professionally? <laughs> yeah, well, kind of. I mean, that's kind of my job. She's unemployed. <laughs> She's drunk. Her life is in disarray. She breaks up with her boyfriend, or her boyfriend breaks up with her, to be more accurate. She moves back her boyfriend home. played by Dan Stevens. Yeah, Dan Stevens of The Guest fame mm-hmm. and uh, TV's Legion. How the fuck did they not advertise the Beauty and the Beast movie where Dan Stevens plays the Beast with... Be the guest, because he's the guest in the guest movie. I think it's probably because no one saw the guest. Dude, that shit is hilarious. Listeners, write in and tell me that that joke was hilarious. (laughs) Seems like you put your finger on the scale on that one. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so she goes home to her uh, empty parents' house, and she's living there for a while. And she takes up with a bunch of drunk. Friends, one of them Jason Sudeikis, one of them is Tim Blake Nelson, one of them is a guy I don't know who the fuck he is. He's just a handsome dude, and uh, she discovers. Let's just say Jim Blake Nelson. She discovers that she has some sort of link to a kaiju that is destroying South Korea, and uh, it happens whenever she crosses a certain uh, children's park that this kaiju shows up. In South Korea, and uh, just stomps all over a bunch of people, and she's you know obviously just sure. At this point, let's take it easy with spoilies because I right. haven't seen it. Yeah, no, tell uh, us the whole movie, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dig into the box office of what's not a huge budget movie, despite its big name stars. Uh, I'll just steal say, those extra ticket sales from it, Daniel. 
you <laughs> cherry popping Danny. <laughs> it starts off as a we, we sound so sad about it. We're like, <laughs> how dare you pop those cherries, At Danny? Long last, sir. <laughs> Have you no Shit. cherries unpopped? It starts out. Ugh. As a goofy uh, sort of wistful comedy about a woman who controls a giant monster. And it turns into a movie about uh, a nice guy or a guy who presents as a nice guy who's actually an abuser. And it's sort of a critique of a certain type of male. Uh, And in that vein, it uses Jason Sudeikis very well because he can be very charming but the switch to not charming is uh, chilling. Well, that sounded like when a When I fucking spoiler. said no spoilies, you're like, I'm just going to drive on past that and wave Let at you. Let me just tell you what the twist is, dude. All right. Piece of shit. If you write, I was hoping for fucking Mothra, and now it's if something you, Hey, different. Dan, I haven't gotten to see Gardens of the Galaxy 2 yet either. Tell me all the jokes If you read it. literally any fucking review of this, this I don't read, I don't read them. reviews. <laughs> when I want to go see a movie, I don't read the reviews, Dan, right. for that reason. You uh, cherry listener, Listeners Danny. write in and tell. And, Never uh, has the nickname Cherry Poppin' Danny been so appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think it's time for Paul to jump in. Okay, uh, I'm going to take guest prerogative and do two very quickly. What? Yeah, that's right. It's in the rule book. Look it up, motherfucker. Okay, let me look wow, it up. Wow, oh, really? He's right. I'm wrong. Okay, cool. <laughs> and a dog can play soccer. <laughs> Good thing I jotted down that rule book real quick before I got here. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, one of, uh, on any given day, it's my favorite movie or one of my three favorite movies, certainly. Uh, 1999, the movie Topsy Turvy by Mike Lee. Oh, that's uh, a great movie. Okay. Which is uh, the story of Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait, Jesus Christ was in Gilbert and Sullivan? Yes, they wrote Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, and then Cats. You probably couldn't even have heard that on the podcast, but Stuart dropped a bottle cap. That's why (laughs) there was an uh, expletive. uh, Oh, you heard it. Dan's doing some uh, Foley work. (laughs) (laughs) Now he has to reenact the drop to make it so it makes sense. Before I was so rudely interrupted. Uh, It is the story of Gilbert and Sullivan, who, uh, of course, wrote many famous operas in Victorian England the late 19th uh, century. Operettas. Operettas. Dan, I'm glad you handled that so I didn't have to. You popped that cherry as it, is your due. It, won, your it won a lot of, like, I don't want to say technical awards, but it, it won, won, like, all the costume awards that year. It won costume yeah. and uh, makeup that yeah. year, I believe. And it is, it's roughly the story of the making of the Mikado, but it's really about these two creative people and the overall creative process. It's one of my favorite movies. I think it is the best movie about the creative process, especially a collaborative creative process, like a, hmm. a sh- you know, a show or a TV show, a movie, anything that involves a whole lot of different and sometimes difficult creative people. And for those of you unfamiliar with Mike Lee, he is a director well-known for working and uh, having an elaborate rehearsal process with his actors where they do a lot of improv and help flesh out their own characters and the story. Like he comes into a movie mostly with a very rough outline and he lets the, he has a whole stable of actors he works with. And as such, there's tons, there's tons of really good British character actors in this movie and all of the characters, even the minor ones feel real and, and well fleshed out, 
even if you, they're not on screen for very long, they just, yeah. And there's just such love in the whole movie for this whole process and these crazy people putting on shows. Yeah. Your second recommendation isn't going to be naked, right? <laughs> no, it's not going to be naked. Uh, I had a couple to choose from. I'm going to go with a 2016 South Korean movie called Train to Busan. Oh, sure. I don't think you guys have recommended. No. Uh, it is uh, a zombie movie. It's a fast zombie movie for those mm-hmm. of you who care about such things. And it, it, you know, it's not an earth shattering all time great movie necessarily, but it's a very well crafted, I think example of the genre where it introduces a number of characters. The main character is a, a, a hardworking South Korean salaryman type who has been kind of neglectful of his daughter and it gathers, you know, does the usual zombie movie work of gathering a series of characters in the first 15, 20 minutes and putting, then putting the wheels in motion, the wheels in this case being a zombie outbreak in Seoul and its surrounding area in Korea and a whole bunch of people stuck on a train on its way to Busan yeah. uh, uh, with zombies, both off the train and on the train. And it does a really, it's, it's really well paced. I thought uh, it's a very tight uh, clockwork of that type of genre. It keeps, keeps things moving nicely. It does a great job. I think of establishing the, the uh, geography of the movie. I mean, it's nice to have this very set, you know, kind of a, a, a snow piercer style. You're on this train and there's, you're at the back and you need to get to the front is, the gist of it, but I think it does a real good job of making you care about these people as it sets up the dominoes and you see who, which dominoes fall. And yeah. Is that, is that still on Netflix? I believe it's still on Netflix. Yeah. It's Netflix or Amazon. I can't remember. It's, which. A, it's one of those that I've been meaning to watch for a while and I'm familiar with it, familiar with it enough that when I was bartending one day and I heard some guy describing it to someone else and misremembering <laughs> the name I had my my face started twitching like Roger Rabbit in <laughs> when he's hearing shaving a haircut, <laughs> and I had to interrupt him and tell him what movie he's talking about. Yeah, uh, re- but yeah, I've been mean to see it. Yeah, I do recommend it. I, I think it's a very enjoyable, uh, tight version of, of this type of movie. Uh, I'm gonna try to go real fast for uh, it's the Mother's Day recommendation. Yeah, mm-hmm. now it's dead alive because of the moms in it. Mm-hmm, because it's all about a son's love for his mother. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think maybe I'll recommend my mom's favorite movie, which is The Mommy Sting. Dearest. Yeah, which is not mine. The Sting, I, uh, but that doesn't seem really mom. Also, I recommended it recently. And Dan recommended it recently. And there aren't a lot of like mother son movies that aren't horror movies, it seems, uh, <laughs> or Albert Brooks's mother. Uh, so I figured, you know what? I'll recommend a movie that my wife, who is a mother, liked recently. That's a movie she saw on a plane, so it's a Dan McCoy-style movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she watched the movie Bad Moms on a flight recently, oh, yeah. thinking, this is going to be stupid. I'll probably turn it off. I didn't watch it. But she found herself thinking, this is a kind of dumb movie, but it actually got to, she was saying a few things about being a mom that she hasn't really seen other movies or TV shows Get at the same way, and apparently she was talking to her mom friends, and they were like, "Yeah, I thought that movie was going to be real stupid too." And then, like, I liked it a lot more than I thought it would. So I haven't seen it, but if you're a mom, you're looking for a dumb comedy about moms, and you think, "Hey, this one's not going to be that good, but maybe it'll be a little bit expected than Bad Moms." I remember Shar and I watched that. Uh, I'll chalk it up to the list of movies that I usually put on and I kind of zone out, but I thought that was, I liked that one better than I expected. 
And Catherine Hahn is great in it. Catherine Hahn's good. She's, always she's like in a in a better world that would have been her star making turn. Mm-hmm. That would have been her like Zach Galifianakis in the Hangover type turn. In a better world, like she and Judy Greer are starring in movies. Like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I don't understand how Judy Greer is not starring in more things. It makes no sense to me. But the uh, but yeah, because so. there's not enough ex wife star characters. <laughs> <laughs> Or main character's friend as the main character. Uh, so anyway, so that's a recommendation from the most important mom in my life, my wife, to you. Any other moms or guys who want to watch mom stuff? Wow, that's great. It's really nice that you do a shout out to your wife when she's never going to listen to this ever. Because uh, I think about her even when it's not going to help me in some way. Mm, well, that weird. doesn't make she's any sense She's half of my soul, guys. All right. Sure. Uh, look. We, I'm not going to lie to you, this podcast has gone long, and we're using a new method to record this podcast, which has been problematic. We're figuring it out still, so we're going to... I mean, the audience listening may not notice that, but we certainly feel it. Yeah, so we're going to cut this podcast short, and <laughs> when I say short... short <laughs> Dan, what are you talking when about? When I say short, I'm going to say long, <laughs> but I just mean that we're going we're gonna to say goodbye right now. Sit in our primer boxes... Uh, back <laughs> and not do some of these bits. Uh, we'll so for the flop house, I've been Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington. Elliot Kalen over here saying, "Hey guys, and thanks, Paul." Hey, I'll be your new Elliot Kalen soon, Paul. Oh, oh, can I get a guns, real, real, real quick guns. plug? Which yeah, is the reason I came here. Dan, <laughs> not really, but Dan, you'll just edit this part yeah, out. Just edit yeah, go ahead, Paul. This is great. Just edit uh, this part first of all, out, I'm yeah. part of Paul and Storm Comedy Music Duo. Find us on everything at, at Paul and Storm. Also, we help run an annual cruise, the Joko Cruise, which is a music oh. and comedy and nerd yeah. cruise festival. It's a real good time. We're doing our eighth one, February eighteenth to twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen. In some ways, it is like Flophouse adjacent. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people we, we know. know are involved on that, and including Paul. Yeah. Once you guys. Show me the right price. Maybe it will be Flophouse including. Oh, wow. Not that off air. But uh, you can go to jococruise.com. It's <laughs> run by. Face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, show you the right price. What is it? Pay for play? What's going on here? Totally. Uh, a whole are, bunch of great guests. Cabins available now. Cabins are available now. It is run by internet singer songwriter Jonathan Colton. Also, uh, we run at Paul and Storm and another friend of ours. And there's a bunch of great guests. Comedy, music, fun, uh, the ocean leaves out of uh, San Diego, goes down. Mexican Riviera. Go to the website to find out lots more information about it. If you listen to this show, you would enjoy it. Hey, let's say you're a nerd. You like funny stuff. You're worried about going on a cruise because you don't want people like jocks and suburban people. Yeah, you don't want to be all hard bodies. Making fun of your pale, withered form. Hey, guys, here's a cruise ship just for you. No swirlies are guaranteed. It's a 100% no swirly cruise. Well, none of the flavas on board. (laughs) 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 Oh, Thanks for being with us, Paul. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, Yeah, night, everyone. A lot of fun. We're saying goodbye. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Bart sound effect. Okay, let's try it. Nice fart sounds. <laughs> the nicest. I want a contest. <laughs> um.
better things come in more than threes. <laughs> Nobody says good things come in threes. I just did. Good things come in small packages, and deaths come in threes. And and uh, good things come to those who wait. Heinz ketchup. And good deaths come in threes. And the Lord helps those who help themselves. The end. I stand corrected. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.